0: Hello, hello. This is Dr. Jason Lee. I'm opening up season three of my podcast on allergies and immunology. And for our very first episode, I have the privilege of having uh, Tamara Hubbard. Uh, She is the food allergy counselor. She started a directory of food allergy uh, counselors uh, because there's a huge need for this in our community of allergy immunology. Um, So welcome, uh, Tamara.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for attending. And uh, Chi-Town, I think that's where your hometown is? Yeah. All right. Um. So tell me about the work uh, you do.
1: Sure. So um, my background's in family therapy. I'm a family therapy-trained, licensed clinical professional counselor. It's a whole big thing. So I just usually say family therapist. Um, while I do work with individuals, I am trained in family therapy. So I typically take the family systems perspective, even with individuals that I work with. Um, I work in private practice in the Chicagoland area, the Northwest suburbs. and uh, But I have been in the field for 15 years. I've worked in inpatient, outpatient, um, clinical um, counseling agencies, and private practice for probably about the last 11 years or so. Um, I Most of my my work is, primarily now focused on working with families and individuals managing food allergies. Although I do see clients that are not food allergic, um, my passion really is in working with those managing food allergies or related conditions, uh, allergic conditions. Because as being a a food allergic parent myself, I have a son who has a peanut allergy and who has gone through a food allergy trial. I completely understand what that feels like personally. Um, And then being trained in family therapy and, you know, having the clinical skills to help families and individuals work through the psychosocial impacts. It's really a privilege to, you know, be in this space, and uh, there needs to be more of us for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. You so you clearly saw a need, uh, having you know your own family member be affected by, uh, you know, a life-changing diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you probably have noticed at some point or another that you know allergists uh, may not be the best equipped to deal with or, or counsel patients. On some of the psychosocial aspects, on the anxiety burden that uh, often the patient and their caregivers face, is, sure. is that would that be a fair uh, statement?
1: Yeah, I mean, I there, I certainly do know a lot of allergists, or have connected with a lot of allergists who do assess and address psychosocial impacts, Um, but I do think this is a relatively newer space, um, and I think one that's developing and growing, I think allergists are seeing the need. I think particularly because, um, you know, they're they're hearing more about fears related to oral food challenges and treatments that are coming up the pipeline and oral immunotherapy. Um, So I think with the rise of those treatments and um, challenges, there are going to be additional opportunities to, you know, address anxiety, both from the patient and the family and the parents um you know yeah i do think um it's interesting because i i've had a lot of conversations over the last year year and a half with different allergists and you're right it varies some have an understanding of it and see it's a huge piece to the treatment puzzle um, and others it's just not even on their radar so i've been really fascinated having these conversations about the psychosocial impacts and again not just of the the patient but also of the parents and the even the non-allergic siblings that are in the family system
0: yeah for sure anxiety uh disorders are very common um and you know even with patients with food allergy they tend to have the other atopic conditions as well yeah. so if yeah. they have eczema that you know we know that it raises the risk of depression and anxiety uh uh quite quite a lot actually but yeah. um yeah like most allergists uh like myself in our postgraduate training we have almost no psychiatry training at all <laughs> so it, it really is a challenge because i'm aware of these diagnosis is, and I'm aware that they're increased in my patient population, but sure. certainly I'm not the one that's equipped to counsel or uh, or do any sort of behavioral therapies or any, any counseling for that matter. So I, I really do appreciate the work you do.
1: Well, uh, and I think part of it too, and I've heard from allergists, they've said this too, is that the time constraints and um, that it takes to you know really go deep with your patients on these kind of topics you know it's it it may for you guys to sort of do that Maybe a shift in how you you know the time frame it takes to get through each patient that that might be something that needs to be looked at as well I think you know even a simple place to start is asking a basic psychosocial assessment type question you know um, a simple question assessing if food allergies or you know asthma whatever their condition is that you're treating is negatively or you know, impacting their daily life in a major way. Are they avoiding major things that they enjoy? Are they avoiding traveling? Are they avoiding sports because of the fear connected to what they think will happen in those activities or spaces? So I think even just assessing with one simple question on how the daily management of their food allergies impacts the psychosocial piece of, of everything is a huge start. And I honestly think that once you open that door, patients are gonna be more likely to share that information. With you guys. And then from there, obviously, if that's the case and there's, you know, expressing that there's a major impact, um, referring out to a licensed clinical professional counselor, psychologist, social worker, family therapist who has a food allergy, you know, knowledge, um, preferably, and obviously also background in anxiety as well, um, would be beneficial. I honestly have conversations with allergists saying, you know, there's this potential for this, um, you know, shared treatment. As, uh, in office or, you know, not just referring out, but even having counseling professionals in office, especially where there's OIT or treatments happening maybe once a week or as needed to work with families that could benefit from that in the office or in the practice?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I must, I uh, have a confession to make, Tamara. So uh, as a medical professional, uh, as an allergist immunologist, um, with asthma, conditions like asthma, rhinitis, I do my best to control the symptom medically, sure. and then I and then I hope by treating the medical aspect, if I treat an asthmatic to the point that they're controlled, mm-hmm. the other aspects of their life improve, and I sort of you know bank on this. But with food allergies, <laughs> it's 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 not a condition that I actually have a, a toolkit that I can actually uh, reverse very easily. At least not not yet. You know, we've yeah. got the new technologies from DBV we got uh, a immune products coming out that makes this a little bit easier but I think even with those there will always still be that little bit of uh, anxiety and so so definitely uh, uh, you know that aspect uh, I really appreciate what you do Um, Mm -hmm. tell us about the network that you are uh, creating
1: yeah. So, um, you know, it's so interesting. It's really about supply and demand and need and filling that need. So about a year ago, I realized there was a huge unmet need, um, both for the food allergy community and for the allergists and the professionals providing counseling. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of discussion about fear and anxiety, uh, primarily from caregivers and parents a lot of the time, um, or how to handle their children's fear and anxiety around food allergies. And so it became clear to me when I started to look for my peers that were doing this work um, that I was having a hard time finding them and if I was having a hard time finding them how in the world is is anyone in the food allergy community parents and families going to find them. So I started to connect with more and more people I connected with a, a wonderful um, a counselor out in at Stanford and um, sort of kind of spiraled from there and next thing I knew I created the food allergy counselor directory so that um, when I highlight when I find somebody identify them, you know, speak with them, have them, you know, do the proper sort of vetting. Um, I add them to the food allergy counselor directory so that families and individuals can find these professionals near them. Um, It's actually kind of I've been asked to find more in Canada, so I'm working on that. Um, And I have someone in Australia there. Uh, someone in the UK, you know, I'm connecting with people in this space all over the place because there's such a big need, not just in the U.S. Um, and so from there, because we were all connecting, we needed a space where we could you know, discuss clinical matters and and where we see this food allergy counseling and mental health niche going and how we can help grow that and highlight the need and then connect with allergists and, you know, explain how we can be of, of help. So that gave way to the Food Allergy um, Behavioral Health Association, which is still in its infancy and growing. Um, but both of those are areas that are needed. And so I have sort of been a, on this ride for the last year or two, and uh, I love it.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. I'm just uh, at the website right now as we're speaking. (laughs) And I see you have uh, Samara Carroll from Toronto. I uh, was not familiar. So usually when I need someone... Uh, you know, really desperately, like someone yeah. that has a super, super generalized anxiety disorder, uh, and on top of that, they've got the food allergy. And it, it, you know, it's definitely beyond my expertise and control. I, I usually end up having to beg one of my, uh, you know, personal connections of uh, yeah. psychiatrist or psychologist <laughs> to to kind of take this on. But it's good to know that there are people who specialize in this area now. Yeah. Um, uh, certainly, food allergies have been increasing in prevalence for quite some time, and yeah. it's just—it's just kind of surprising that uh, you know this, this only kind of took kind of took root because of your your efforts here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know what I, the reality of it is. So I have a friend who does this work with diabetics. She herself is a diabetic, and so she she specializes in working with people managing diabetes and you know the psychosocial impacts of that. Um, but you know, research in in other chronic conditions is much Further along than researches in you know the the allergic diseases, so I feel like in some ways you know this is sort of the tip of the iceberg, and 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 this food allergy you know or or uh, asthma and EoE all that we can obviously can can work with all those families. I feel like that's going to grow both because the community is demanding it, and there's this need, and also because now allergists are starting to understand you know we can treat medically and we can manage from a medical perspective, but there's this entire other piece of mind and um, you know a, a mindset. That study out of Stanford um, about mindset related to OIT is fascinating. And I think there needs to be a whole lot more research done in mind spa- mindset, resilience, and how to approach it both for the patients and for the parents. Um, I'm passionate about it. So I would love to be involved in that at some point, but there needs to be a lot more explored in this space both for you guys to provide the best possible care to your patients, and for us to be able to support that and your work as well.
0: Yeah, often I think as uh, medical professionals, we uh, we forget the uh, psychological impact uh, yeah. that it has on families and patients, yeah. and uh, you know it, it really um, you know it, it, we're trying not to be. Um, you know, crass or not to be uh, nonchalant about it. But sure. it, it's like when we don't have, you know, there's an old saying: a carpenter's only as good as his tools. <laughs> we don't have the tools to help, so it's it's yeah. hard to, uh, you know, deal with that uh, issue. Yeah. Um, so that that's great. So this website uh, for people who are interested: it's Food Allergy Counselor. Uh, dot com And they have a pretty nice directory where you can find people in your state or your country. Um, so, yeah, this is a really, uh, uh, you know, praiseworthy effort. Um, in terms, you mentioned shared decision making and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, aspects of that. What would you say is your most challenging aspect of, you know, getting through someone with the shared decision process?
1: As far as the patients or? Like- as
0: far as the patients or their caregivers, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what? I think I think the biggest thing is parents and caregivers being able to put aside their own fear and their own motivations um, for, you know, for instance, like food allergy treatment. Um, I've worked with a family where while this wasn't the clinical issue we were working on in sessions, um, it was a piece of information that I got that, you know, this explains it. But um, the child did not want to do oral immunotherapy. They tried it. She felt it was a a, a negative experience. She had a reaction, of course. And so she internalized that much stronger than the the parent did. The parent really wanted um, the child to have to to, to do oral immunotherapy um, for the right reasons, the right reasons being, you know, they want them to be able to have an easier time managing it when they're going off to college and, um, you know, but this child just wanted no part of it. So I think it's important, um, you know, for shared decision-making with, whether it's with the allergist or the entire treatment team, which may include behavioral healthcare professionals, is really assessing everybody's goals um everybody's perceptions of what the treatment or the decision is about, uh, making sure that, you know, everything is obviously being approached, the, the pros and cons of everything. But again, the big piece being um, it's not just what the patient wants. you have to explore what the parents and caregivers want and even to some degree, how it's going to affect the entire family system because as we know, when you're doing oral immunotherapy or you're taking part in a trial or um, you know, a treatment, it's a commitment. And so they have to understand that full scope. And so I think, you know, um, that can also be a role where counseling professionals can take part too. Um, You know, if there's a lot of roadblocks in shared decision making, potentially we can join the conversation to help get past some of the roadblocks if they're, you know, workable to help the family decide if they're ready for treatment.
0: Yeah, certainly there might be a lot of family dynamics at play, and you almost uh, have to come up with like a consensus family decision because it does affect uh, everyone in the family. Yeah, uh, fascinating work. yeah, thank you very much, uh, Tamara. So, um, uh, anything else you'd like to say before no. we close?
1: thank you so much for having me. I mean, this is a topic I'm passionate about personally and professionally. Um, so I'm thrilled that you, you know, invited me to be on your show to to explore this with you. And I will say that on the foodallergycounselor.com food website, there's not only just a directory, but there's also um, a food allergy mental health. Uh, page with a link to a lot of resources, research. It's constantly evolving as is the directory. Um, when I'm not seeing clients, this is the work I'm doing on the side. So um, check back often. new things are being added all over the website. I personally, just for Food Allergy Awareness Week last week, did a tip every day that related to food allergy mindset, what uh, food allergy mental health, whether it had to do with mindset or managing fears. Um, how to navigate online support groups, um, you know, and how to use facts, evidence-based facts to fight fears with food allergies. So um, there's a lot of other good stuff on there too for for the community. And again, the is there for the allergists as well to connect with uh, those that can help support the work that they're doing.
0: All right, that's amazing. Thank you very much, Tamara. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.